Hello and welcome everyone for the seventh episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. We are on officially on season two and on the seventh episode we're going to be talking about pretty much the entire state of DC Twitter right now. It's essentially the people versus James Gunn and the people by being Twitter. Uh, James Gunn came out with his announcement the other week and today Valentine's Day is 214 and there's a big fan campaign to try to push the Snyderverse over to Netflix even though James just said a couple of days ago it's not happening. So it's a very interesting time. Uh, the people do not want what he's selling. And we're going to talk a little bit about this, but we're going to talk about what actually defines the people and if they speak for everyone or if they're becoming a smaller and smaller group. So let's talk about it and let's have some fun with it, I guess. Everybody. It's so grand. We're on a grand adventure. We're about to fight Jason and the Argonauts. That it's so we have to be we a nerd about a the intro. rest. It was so we good. Finally get the new intro. Yep. Uh so the other day we were I was finally sitting down. I'm like, look, we just need to make this damn thing. And uh Jay Stu of TCN Rundown uh said, I want to make you a song and it's gonna be fun. And he actually made that song for me. Uh, the first version of the song was like a minute and a half long. And I'm like, okay, well, for live shows, and he's a little bit shorter. And he was like, oh, I thought you were going to like play the song while you do your morning, your intro monologue, and then just kind of transition right into it. Um, and then we cut it down, made an intro. Um, I went on, made the intro with that music, and I found something that kind of just worked. And uh, it it's a little bit longer than what we're used to, but you know what? Might as well, right? I love it. I also want to do his idea. I would like a minute-long epic song to be playing behind us. And James Gunn took to the Twitter, and the hordes, they amassed him. But he drew his weapons, for the pen is mightier than the sword. I wanted, I I told him, like, do we know any animators? Can we make, like, a really fun anime intro with that music? And just have, like, you and me in cartoon form doing something just absolutely non- not related to the show. It's the pinnacle of my it. life. We just want to be little cartoon boys. That's all yeah. I've ever, that's all we've ever wanted. I mean, essentially like any Full Metal Alchemist intro where there's no correlation to the rest of the show, but here they are fighting a giant flying snake. You, <laughs> so. I put on a glove, I snap my fingers, there's a bunch of fire, then you show up, you do something, then the logos thing, and the eyeball wakes. There you go. Yep. We just wanted animated. Yeah, that's, that's what we want. That's what we want. But time is of the essence, Taylor, because we got wives and Valentine in to do. We do. Let's get to it. So. This has got to be the smallest group on the internet. The people that hate James Gunn, right? It's it's getting smaller every day. And that's that's the reality, is that there is a very vocal number of people that do not want him in charge of DC. Uh, They started the Fire James Gunn campaign. Um, and then they turn that into sell the Snyderverse to Netflix or sell Z- ZSJL to Netflix. or um, they, they, they keep evolving the hashtags to sound less malicious, which is I, I do appreciate. I do appreciate that they're getting a little bit more levity instead Question. of just saying burn him at the stake. Yeah. During, the, during the Super Bowl, there was a very long electric comar- car commercial with Netflix. Were those all Zack Snyder zombies in that commercial? I, you know, I saw that that trailer, and that was obviously a reference to Zack Snyder's 
uh, Army of the Dead. They even said uh, Army of Zombies, like they made that reference. Um, I don't, I didn't recognize the the actual prosthetics. I didn't look like the ones that he actually used, but it was meant to be a homage to him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just that was a very like... funny commercial, though. There was a few funny commercials. Super Bowl was meh, but the some of the commercials were pretty great. First off, the Super Bowl was great. It was an exciting game with lots of ball handling action. It had a great halftime show. I think these are the worst commercials we've ever seen, which is why the trailer for the Flash movie was so exciting. It felt so big. It's it's so interesting because the Flash trailer came out and they had two two spots. They got a, a 50 second spot that they aired on the Super Bowl and they released almost a three minute long trailer online. The long trailer apparently garnered more online activity and everything in between, like activity, tweeting, commentating, everything, than almost everything else. It was the number one uh, takeaway from the Super Bowl was that was the, the biggest commercial, biggest trailer, biggest everything. But it actually, its numbers were higher than a handful of those things put together, which was pretty cool. Um, the trailer, I mean, aside from the, the incomplete CGI, which everyone notices, was a pretty great trailer. Uh, for for an incomplete trailer, they hit that with shadows very well. Um, yeah. It's crazy to hear that that movie has been coming out for so long and that they don't have a complete trailer. That's bonkers to me. Uh, it looks really fun. It, it, I mean, uh, I know that we've talked about it before. Listen, there is no Batman fatigue. And Batman was front and center in that trailer. So it was very exciting to see that they are putting their eggs in that basket. And literally so many aspects of it. This trailer, from start to finish, it had... Um, let me let me just pull up some images because I think that's the best way to do it, right? Yeah. Um, let me see if they work. Did I just like interrupt my download while I was doing this? No, it's okay. And Taylor didn't know that I was going to gush over this trailer. I was just watching it, and here we are trying to familiarize ourselves. DC is trying to familiarize itself with an audience again, and they're coming at it in a new way. And there's lots of new stuff on the horizon, but we're not there yet. So we're getting yeah. cut, and look at the – I mean, yes, this is nostalgic bait, but I mean, there was a lot of really great stuff in it. So first off, uh, Ezra's suit in this film, uh, the the – the behind the scenes stuff, the the suit on the mannequin, the first teaser we got looked very hokey. Seeing it in motion looked fantastic. Um, I, I I think it looks great. I definitely want different uh, like lightning bolts on his ears. I think those need to be not flat on his head, but everything else, amazing. Um, we got a shot of Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne telling him, "Don't break the universe." We also got shots of him dr being dropped out of the flying fox. Going in broad daylight, uh, helping Barry with whatever the hell is happening there. And then a shot of him, which apparently his costume is blue and gray now. Maybe it's which, just blue. It's blue for events. You know what I mean? Only for maybe, good events. Maybe it's just a, a new costume that he's got. But clearly he's got motorcycle armor on there too. He's got the chest plate, the arm guards, shin guard. Like everyone's like, oh, I don't like the new suit. It's literally motorcycle armor. Batman, like, Batman, since the 90s, Batman has a series of suits that he changes depending on what his accessories are. This looks fine to me. Yep. Speaking of suits, this shot 
was oh, Taylor. A Taylor, amazing shot. This is this is what I was talking about. A little bit of familiar, like the audience sees this, and you know what's so shitty is because we never got the finish of it. It's almost like a promise of like, look at what Tim Burton was gonna do. And no way Tim Burton was going to do any of this stuff. But again, here is the litany of suits. There's the scuba suit. There's the space suit. There's like his bruiser suit. No, no, no. no. All right, all right. All right, so let's go from right to left. In the center, we get his new suit right off the bat. On the <coughs> Sorry, on the left, <coughs> we have his quote-unquote year one suit. And this suit has gun holsters, but those gun holsters are actually his grappling hooks. Uh, one of the costume designers went to Twitter saying, this was an idea that, he had different grappling hooks and he had them in gun holsters on his chest. Second suit to me was the one that I've wanted my entire life. It's blue and gray. It's got white lenses. It is Batman's comic suit. It's essentially Frank Miller's suit, but in real life, it looks amazing. Third suit is the 89 suit still burned from his interaction with the Joker. Fourth suit is Batman Returns. Fifth suit is the scuba suit like you said. And the sixth suit looks kind of like a deserty suit where he's got like this this hood and this big kind of a cloak thing and the goggles. It could also be – it could be an Iceman. It could be a Dr. Freeze suit or something like that for like cold temperatures. Could, 100% could be. Well, we won't get the context of that. We're just going to see a really cool shot and it's going to be fantastic. Taylor, Another go back. It might be a white suit. It could be a snow suit. No, it's not. I actually I, I blared up the, the coloring on it and it's it's black and gray like the other. Okay. Good job. Good to, good job, world's greatest detective. <laughs> um, other fun thing uh was plot point, front and yes. center, General Zod. Um a lot of people are asking the questions, why is General Zod in this film? Um, well, as we know from the leaks, Supergirl Supergirl was sent to Earth instead of Kal-El because during the the coup that took place over Krypton, um Jor-El was killed, and in this timeline, not only Jor-El was killed, but so was baby Kal-El. Um, like a good wrestling match to introduce your new baby face? Do you think she just kills General Zod in two seconds? She just, like, snap, just, like, rips his head off and goes, none of this is happening on my watch, and throws his carcass know. in his uh, face. This is a very, this is a more naive super being than we had with Superman, because this super, super girl in this movie, um, she was been locked up the entirety of the time that she was on earth. And then when she experiences sun for the first time, she's also has to deal with the fact that she's been kind of tortured since the time she's been here. So it's essentially flashpoint Superman, but in Supergirl form. And also I'm like, she's just showing up for the first time and the invasion is happening while she's getting to grips of her power. So she is essentially what general Zod was in man of steel where, Oh, here's heat vision. I can't control it. I'm going to rip a building in half. Like that's essentially what we're getting. Sure. Um, but what we do, what we do kind of inferred is that General Zod is coming to Earth because of her. So whether or not that means that she has the codex or she was imprinted with the codex instead of Baby Kal-El because of his death, it's not clear. Mm. But we know that the invasion is occurring because she is on Earth. So they're kind of swapping it up a bit. Very fun. Um, trailer was was awesome. Um, it like I said, the the CGI was not quite there in a couple shots, but we definitely uh, got some fantastic Michael Keaton-ness. And, um, I, yeah, I mean, you and I, we grew up in that time where our Batman as a kid was Michael Keaton. You think that new and suit then, is going to be like a Batman Beyond suit? It's mainly robot parts. He's an old man. He's got to have robots. I feel like after seeing him do that weird 
flying around and like his his glider coming down and picking the dude up and flying back up. I feel like there is some definitely some Batman Beyondish vibes there because there's no way a seven year on year old Batman who has allegedly been retired for a few years is not being somewhat enhanced by this new suit he's got on. Is there any chance there's another person in the suit and it and it's not him, but he is totally he is he's talking to him. No, no, we don't we don't get anything like that. That that would have been too fun. Okay. Um but uh another fun rumor that came about over the, the last few days uh prior to the trailer, which kind of led to a lot of things coming up, was um Scoopers, My Time to Shine, Grace Randolph, a few others, all said that uh a new cameo was filmed for the Flash movie. Grace Randolph herself said that the cameo was going to probably lead into becoming the DCU Batman, which I said flat out, no, this is not the case. Cameo is real. The uh, DCU Batman stuff is not real. Uh, you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to link that together. That. Yeah, you don't. You know what I mean? Um, you, Batman's going to be its own thing. You'll have lots of room for Batman in Batman. Yeah. And then the, the cameo, of course, being a George Clooney cameo, uh, word is that in the uh, there's a few few different things that happen in the, uh, him running into the uh, the Speed Force. Um, I heard specifically there was going to be a deep fake style cameo of Christopher Reeve uh, where Barry's going to interact maybe for half a second with Christopher Reeve. Um, and there's going to be a, like him popping out of the world saying, maybe I got here. And it's kind of like in this sliders slash quantum leap kind of a thing where he goes to Bruce and turns out it's a, it's Clooney Bruce it's not that he's not in the right world again kind of a thing um following that uh the that was what I was told and a lot of people uh on the socials were running the story that uh Clooney was going to become the new DCU Batman and classic James Gunn fashion um ironically I, I put out the tweet saying no it's not happening uh he's in the thing but he's not happening he actually went to Twitter is it true you're casting George Clooney as the main DCU Batman? Absolutely not. Next question. Does this mean that we're still getting an actor who's already Batman or we're getting a new actor altogether? And he confirmed, finally, a new actor. So again, we're not getting Bale. We're not getting Clooney. We're not getting Affleck. We're not getting anyone who's ever worn the cape and cowl as the new Batman. And none of those Batman are going to be the Batman who has the son of Damien. They can show up in these movies that aren't going to be around anymore in a couple of years. Absolutely. If they want to show up, sure. Christian Bale, you can put the suit on, but anybody else? No, they're, they'll, so they'll... what I think is happening here. And this is because uh, they said that uh, Aquaman is continuing. Gal Gadot's continuing and probably Ezra is going to be continuing. And to me, that doesn't seem like they are uh, rebooting everything with this new rebooted universe. But it also sounds to me like if the flash is successful, and the movie ends on the kind of a sliders quantum leap kind of way where he's just stuck in another universe. We may get another sequel with the, that flash on top of the DCU flash. Who's going to be introduced with the new Superman and new Batman. All that stuff. We're probably going to continue that story leading into chapter two, which is going to be probably a multiverse saga. If that flash film happens, that is where you get flavors of Zack Snyder again. That's yeah. where you can do huge swatches and they can play with it and get rid of it or have it be a huge set piece of it because then it will feel earned. But I don't know. I mean, when does the movie come out? What's its, what's its release date? The flash in June, like June 16th, I think. 
Um, Marvel still but, beats them right in Marvel's summer starts in like May, April. Well, Marvel technically starts this week with Ant Man, but the reviews for Ant Man oh. are coming out right now, and it's being ripped apart. Oh. It's actually kind of kind of shocking that Ant Man right now, um, it's getting just ripped to pieces. Um, I didn't it think makes, that was possible. It, it makes me so sad because I because I feel like I've defended the movies for so long in that like, well, the TV is bad, but the movies are really get put together. And it's like, man, if they're dropping in on the movie side as well now. I know they're trying to build yeah. something greater, but people as might. As of right now, off. Ant-Man and the Wasp are sitting at a wonderful 55%, Oof. which is probably one of the lowest MCU points in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are saying that um, Kang was great. And that's kind of like what people are saying. is like, oh, Kang was great. But the other half of the movie that Kang's yeah. not in was they bad. Said there was a lot of stuff that was left unfulfilled. A lot of like empty promises. A lot of like half delivered ideas. Things like that. Like a lot of people were just not happy with what could have been something truly great came out kind of mediocre. Um, and some of the, the bigger outlets that like follow the nerd nerddom are giving it like sixes and sevens out of 10. I mean, a six out of 10 isn't bad, but it puts it on par with other films where it's like, okay, so a general audience is going to hear that this is quote unquote bad. And aren't going to go see it now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Marvel. It's still going to get seen, but we'll see, you know, see what happens is it more kid friendly is that what they're running into is that one of is that maybe why some of the stuff is half delivered no people say that uh, the bigger issue was that it felt like a lot of the stuff um you had these great ideas these great ballsy moments and then they just went didn't do it like you had a prime chance to essentially kill off ant-man in this really spectacular way and it sounds like they just wasted it on a lot of just mediocre dialogue uh, well, I have not seen the movie. I don't know what the movie is about, but if it's like all the other Marvel shows, there's probably going to be some way that they get rid of Ant-Man to make room for a new lady Ant-Man who will be much better and more powerful than him because um, you can't have too many Ant-Mans in a world. But yeah, I just saw Wakanda Forever, and the answer to one powerful suit is give everybody a powerful suit. You get a power suit. You get a power yeah. suit. You get a power suit. Uh, that Wakanda movie Forever, had four I, power suits in it. Wakanda Forever was one of those movies where I like it essentially was Batman v Superman, but just not as executed as well. Sure. Um, in fact, they probably that. could have copied more Batman v Superman in terms of yeah. action beats. Yeah, I mean, especially like at the, the end. I mean, people who haven't seen it, it's, it was a huge movie. Especially at the end where like Shuri is standing over Namor with a spear and has a flashback of her mom and brother. And that's what causes her not to stab the enemy. I'm like, that was a BVS. That was like 100% save Martha just without them saying it, you know? Um, it's a really good Kevin Costner. That's a really good what to. That's a really good Kevin Costner. Uh, it, it was weird. Um, and I also didn't understand when all the Atlanteans were like climbing up on the ship. And all of a sudden, Ironheart just was like standing there with the others all cornered. I'm like, girl, you can fly. Why are you standing there? I didn't understand why they didn't give Ironheart chainsaw arms. Every I and I don't know if that's because I've been watching Chainsaw Man, but as a fight, <laughs> it was very boring to see a passive 
Iron Man became more and more active, right? Like even when he had drones, I felt like his lasers, he was more in the fight by the time. And it's like, yeah. you got to do something else other than like fly around. Like it looked like Wally's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was weird. And, and honestly, it really felt like she was this kind of like MacGuffin that was added late stage because the whole plot didn't really need her. They could have did anything, but then like, Oh, by the way, let's plug a new show that's coming. And that's what it felt like. It felt like it was a very late edition shoehorn, like, like a backdoor pilot that didn't really land because we know that the Ironheart show was coming this year. And it just and, it didn't. But but didn't but she doesn't one. even get her movie suit because she left Wakanda, right? She she's like, hey, yeah, so she needs a new one, right? So she's gonna get some new suit, but the suit's got to be I don't know. It's got to be um, not as rickety as the first suit, but also not as amazing as the second suit. Yeah, like it's gonna be more Iron Man, but like I don't know. I saw an interesting article that uh, that uh, Marvel should have never introduced nano machines to the universe because it complicates everything too much. Yeah. Uh, it makes everything too powerful, and it's like, yeah, your your technology is is close to magic in that universe. So if you're not at that level, what are you going to do? Because everything else right. is magic at this point. Yeah, exactly. So that. I don't know. It, it feels like so. I mean, when they set up the Armor Wars movie, it's going to be very interesting to see. We have like War Machine and Iron Armor Iron Wars, even yeah. more armor suit. Yeah. Like in Armor Wars, you're going to have like Iron Man, Iron Man esque characters like with their their physical suits, and then you're going to have like rescue, like Pepper Potts can be like, I have a nano machine shoot, and just be like, you're all like five years ago's technology. Like it's going to it's going to be such a weird dynamic seeing them fight over technology that has been outdone by Tony Stark. Five years ago in the movies. Sure, sure. Well, if then then if the Wakanda suits are there, because I consider those Iron Man suits as well. They gave yeah, two like... Iron Man suits to those nice ladies. I'm glad those ladies got a bump in power, but I was like, oh, these are just better Iron Mans. These are just all yeah. Iron Man suits. Yeah, like the moment they introduced nano machines and like the Wakanda tech, or even the Guardians of the Galaxy is their tech. Like Iron Man became very obsolete. I also wish that in I wish we would have dropped the Ironheart tie-in, and I wish the third act of that movie would have been our two friends teaming up to kill a monster from the ocean. See, Wakanda has this uh, rumor, there's this myth that there was a beast under it, and if it were to came to life from the sea, it would destroy it. Like something that could have unified them, other than he's like, "I win, okay, now let's go back," and everyone kneels together. Like it's like, yeah, oh, okay. I mean, essentially, essentially uh, a doomsday for them to fight together because it was BVS. It was out yeah. all of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Taylor. If they really should have just done Batman v Superman, because it would have been really, it would have been a much better movie. My, uh, like I said, my my issue with the movie was that every bit of the acting with Angela Bassett was amazing. Every bit of the acting where they were, she they were, killed it. She went in there yeah. and gave such great green screen. She does so good. Like they were definitely, you could definitely feel the morning of Chadwick. Like it was, it was palpable. That was all fantastic. It was just everything else outside of that. Didn't, didn't land for me. Yeah, they filmed like they filmed like the last scene where she's on the beach crying. That was intimate, felt great. I'm sure it was a small crew and they really got a great performance out of her. That does not feel like the rest of the movie. We don't see scenes where the Black Panther is like, I don't know if I can be this thing. I don't know if I can go out there and kill people. No, they're doing flip on the side of the ship and they're walking sideways no. like a kitty cat. And then they go slink, slink. 
anyways, we got a little sidetracked with all the Marvel stuff because there was a lot, a lot to say there. Like the Marvel stuff, I don't know. Marvel this year, what do we? I mean, we have Ant-Man Guardians this 4. week. We get Guardian. Uh, Guardians four was the big trailer during uh, Super Bowl. Guardians three, you mean? Oof. I feel like we've. I, listen, I saw a Christmas special and two Avengers movies with them in it. I feel like I've already gotten a third of. Yeah, okay. Guardians yeah. three, but this is Guardians three. Um, that trailer was fantastic. This this movie comes out in May, mm. so even if they have a good solid four week stretch, it's not going to affect anything for DC as soon as June hits up. So that's not wow. a big deal for me. Um. But realistically, again, the socials are just attacking James Gunn. They're just hating on James Gunn. Um, today, uh, I actually pulled up some numbers because it, it, Twitter does this funny thing where they, when they show you that something is trending, but they don't want to give you the numbers, they just say uh, entertainment trending along with this, right? They give you these, these little things yeah. where it says, this is trending with this, but they don't tell you the numbers because the numbers sometimes are pretty abysmal um i i went through an analytics tool i found some details on it uh turns out uh along twitter there's only about a thousand people actually tweeting this but a few thousand people are retweeting those retweets so the the, the reach is really high but the numbers of actual tweets are very low which is Nothing compared to what happened with the release of Snyder Cut when you had Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, all those people also tweeting it. And then the internet just exploded with over like 2 million tweets, right? But some fans, they just, they don't want to accept that it's just not possible. And then one, one thing that I wanted to bring up, because we've talked about this, like almost like beating it to a dead horse. But the reality is that People are like, oh, Zaslav can make the call. David Zaslav can make this call and make it change. But the moment Zaslav made DC its own autonomous studio, he put the control and the hands into Peter Safran and James Gunn. They're the ones who make that call now. He, he's not going to supersede them because that's why he hired them. And the other day, he put it. He put a tweet out about uh, just a picture of Swamp Thing, right? And the first... One of the responses to it was, uh, sell the Snyderverse to Netflix. And he responded, I have to say, this has got to be the wackiest hashtag ever since, one, Netflix has not expressed any interest, although we have discussed other stuff. And two, Zach hasn't expressed any interest and seems to be doing happy, uh, seems to be happy doing what he's doing. And yes, we too have talked. Someone responded, what would y'all talk about? Which is kind of a funny thing. Like, James Gunn, what did you talk about with Zack Snyder? Uh, and he responded with, he contacted me to express his support about my choices. He is a great guy. Again, he seems really happy about the massive world building he is doing right now. A lot of people try to claim that was bullshit, etc. But regardless if that's bullshit, like regardless if he did or did not speak to Zach, this is the guy who makes that call. And he said, it's not happening. And tried to give fans an answer to get them to accept the answer. But he, the underlying message is regardless of if Zach actually spoke to him or not, he said that, one, the hashtag is wacky, and two, it's not happening. I think it's weird uh, to, to call people liars in terms of stuff like this because it's very easy to fact check these things. So I say yeah. if, he, if he said a phone call happened, I think a phone call happened, 
And I think exactly what he said is true. He's very happy with where he is and has a very big sandbox over at Netflix. And Netflix has money. Yeah. Not as not enough to buy the Snyderverse from from uh, Marvel or DC or whatever. Sorry, Warner Brothers. But I mean to put it into context, to buy the rights to Sandman, a pretty obscure character, they had to pay about $150 million. For one book. And that show now is really popular. And yeah. there's another season, but I don't know. I mean, after that, I don't know what they're going to... I don't know how many more stories. I mean, how many seasons could it go? Could it go more than two? Could it go three or four? It could go three or four if they want to finish the whole the whole anthology of Sandman. They could definitely do that. But we'll see, right? Yeah, and but, does it stay there, or do they take those views and hijack it from Netflix and go stick it on HBO and say, hey, we're doing more, plus it's attached to this other thing? They definitely could. I mean, that's what Marvel did with the net, the Netflix Marvel shows. They just said, yeah. okay, thank you for distributing these. Uh, we're taking them back now. Um, but some of the fans, they just don't seem to understand that James Gunn and Peter Safran, the person who's also not been in the limelight here, uh, they... They're clear. They're very clearly not doing it. Um, one of the things that he said that oh, we did talk about other things. Uh, last I heard was that the Batman, the Caped Crusader, that animated show, was being shopped to Netflix. So they may actually take it and finish it. So that might be a thing. But to kind of like highlight again the audacity of some Twitter people, this happened the other day. An account called DCU Leaks said Superman casting has begun and highlighted. Casting call for Clark Kent has begun for Superman Legacy. Luke Eisner is the lead contender, age 26, six foot two. Here's a picture side by side. That person looks he's, nothing like Superman. Nothing. He, I mean, if you, you cut his hair and you dye it 100%, maybe. Maybe. But the first response was false. Casting has not begun. The response from them, how do you know it's false? Good Lord. Do they not know who they're talking to? No, they don't. Of course they don't. I mean, I feel like people see these these trending topics and it's a thousand people, so they get on board with it. But how new is that account? I bet that account's not very new. I bet that account's not very old. I don't know. But the fact that James had to debunk it and then they questioned him about how do you know this? He's writing the screen. Because I'm the guy who's working on the movie. It's my movie. Yeah. It's going to be my Superman movie with my name on it. Yeah, like he's writing he's writing the script. He's probably going to hand it to another director and another screenwriter to polish it for the director's vision. But he said multiple times, no casting is going to occur until the script, director, and the other people are hired because he wants their vision to be part of it. You're not going to basically be like, we're going to cast this person before we have a script. And then when we hire the director, be like, by the way, this is who we picked. Like He's trying to prevent that from happening again. Yeah, and this is all Comic-Con talk. All of these casting things, this is what Comic-Con is for. When they go, guess yeah. what, everyone? I've started writing the script. And everyone goes, yeah! And they go, let's introduce you to Superman. Ba, 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 yeah. ba, ba. And it'll be the John Williams song, and he's going to walk out on stage, and that'll be the new guy. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, but um, realistically, it's like people are questioning that Gunn has any control. And there was even these other rumors that Oh, Gunn made this big presentation because Discovery is uh, eager to sell DC off now that they've established their own studio. And more nonsense. People are just 
gravitating to the fact that right now, because we have Gunn and Saffron basically gatekeeping any real facts coming out, people are just making stuff up for clicks. I'll make up some stuff for clicks. Is there any rumors to Disney wanting to sell Star Wars off again? God, I hope so, because they've done... If, if 100% of, Dis, of Disney's uh, Star Wars, maybe 40% I've been loved, the 60% I'm not happy with. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say that's about that's probably accurate. So that's kind of how I feel. But um, the fact that Twitter today on 214 is trying to rally against James Gunn when he just said a couple days ago that it's not happening seems like a weird flex for the fans because it's it's not getting the traction that any of the other movements have ever had. And all it's causing is more of these prominent accounts that were made specifically to rally to get more and more toxic. Well, we've we've highlighted it here. Do we become more vocal? Do we say, hey, we think you're shills? We say, hey, I this is not an accurate. I mean, now you know that information. But I don't understand why they're spoking this fire, especially with the guy who's been so cool about responding online. And it's it's shit like this that's going to make him go, you know what? I tell you the truth and you don't even believe me. It's going to make him go away. And I feel like this is one of the this is one of the better open relationships that fans have had with people making DC movies in a very long time. Hundred percent. And it's it's so weird because even 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 this, for instance. for those who don't speak Spanish, I'll just lightly translate it for you. Um, in this, the Spanish account uh, highlighted a series of tweets that James had responded to. This guy asked a question, say, the director of photography who shot both Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and the Flash movie with the same person. That's awesome. He responded, uh, basically saying, yeah, it was it was Henry uh, Bram. He shot both. Great guy, kind of a thing. The response that this was, James, 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 uh, Replying to your own dummy account is class act narcissism. Why would you do this? Right? And then James responded, so let me get this straight. You think that I made a fake account four months ago, tweeted tons of random things to random accounts for those four months, including a lot of TV shows I've never watched, (laughs) and just today decided to finally break out a question to myself, and this was it? Yeah. Some of these fans, they're just... Yeah, he's 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 trying to write a Superman movie. He's busy all day. He's trying to get all these movies made. He's doing other things other than making media accounts. Look, I I've said it before. I I I love Zack Snyder's movies. I love what he did with the universe. I would throw all of these plans away for him to finish his movie. I want that to finish. But the reality is, the powers that be deemed that was not going to happen years ago before James Gunn even came into play. And James came into play with Peter Safran on an autonomous studio for the first time ever. There's not going to be 20 different producers that are going to be saying, oh, how are we going to license this with toys? How are we going to do this with Happy Meals? It's not going to be the committee crap that we had all those years. How we lost Tim Burton and got Joel Schumacher, that stops. That stops. We're not going to get, oh, the Penguin was too dark and didn't sell Happy Meals, so let's Let's inject a liter of acid and neon into it and give us Batman and Robin, like, so we can sell toys to kids. Like, that that's not going to happen anymore because they finally got smart well, and gave and DC it, its own studio. Yeah, and it also can't happen when you start, you know, 
they're they're going with the craziest of Robins. They're going with the Robin that carries a katana blade, and I believe maims people, kills people a lot early on. Batman has to housebreak him all the time and like don't kill this guy. So okay, let me let me grab something real fast. (laughs) Taylor is going to his going to all of his wonderful treasures. He has lots of treasures. On the far right, there's a bunch of Pokeballs in the top right corner, but you can't see those right now. We can see him. He's got well-coiffed hair. He's on his bookshelf. We're seeing a bunch of books. Yeah, which book are you going to show? He's going to show, find us, it. He's gonna show us art. He's going to show us live art. One of the books that he's basing this on was from the Grant Morrison, Batman and Son. Okay? Uh, obviously, with the uh, the part where I told you where he beat the crap out of Tim Drake and sure, said, sure, sure. I, I should be my father's Robin. Um, there's yes. a balloon in the middle of my comic. That's because your babies were reading it. Um. One scene, which is class class act uh, Damien, this is that leads up to the fight between Tim and Damien. Was this whole like he said, uh, I fought crime tonight and crime lost <laughs> just to capitate to some dude, shows dad then, how proud he, he says, You can't do that, we don't kill. In the league of uh, in the league of assassins, we showed our enemies no mercy. Now that I'm here, he doesn't need a surrogate son. We killed anyone who got in our way, and that's when he attacks. Text Tim. This is a nine year old kid. It's very difficult to sell Happy Meals to nine year olds when that's your protagonist. <laughs> when the when the hero is murdering people. And then Batman's like, "Okay, we we got to stop doing this, man." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the source material that he's pulling for the, the brave and the bold is literally this. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting that, I mean, we, we already know that he said flat out things like the authority and swamp thing are probably going to be rated R. Yeah. And the fact that the market has already shifted, like toys and merchandise don't really what, what was the numbers from a few weeks ago that like 30 or 40% of toys now are bought by adult collectors and not kids? I would, I mean, there's, a, yes. And it's also very difficult. Like, where do you, when we were kids, you could see niche toys. There were toy stores. Now it was a spawn l- aisle in the back right. of the So toy, unless toy you, so unless you know about those things that are looking online, I feel like it's a very small community. I mean, it's the fans that keep these things alive. And the fact that, like, you have Todd McFarlane running um, the whole, like, DC figure brand now, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But what I what I love, I was talking to my son about this the other day because he used to really collect these toys. He's kind of growing out of the toy phase and he wants to start buying statues because he's at that phase now where buying toys, what's the point? Either you're collecting them or or that's it. Like, he, he doesn't buy toys to play with anymore because he's 15. But sure. He buys like he likes statues and stuff. So he has like a bunch of anime statues on his on his bookshelf. He's buying certain figures so he can collect and keeps them in their boxes and whatnot. Um, it's very interesting. But we were talking about how Hasbro, for a six inch Marvel figure, which is sculpted with these weird three D scans, all this stuff that look kind of kind of janky sometimes, are now retailing at twenty seven to twenty nine dollars a pop because Hasbro is having some financial issues. And not only that, they're cutting out the the plastic on the front to be more 
more environmentally friendly. So they're not they're not showing you the figure anymore. You actually have to kind of take it at like, okay, so this is what the figure is supposed to look like when I open this box. And a lot of people are just not buying anymore because they think that's stupid. Wow. Right. Um, on the flip side, you have McFarland. Right, with huge care. open boxes. Huge open boxes. The figures are not only taller, but have more accessories than the Marvel stuff, and they retail at $19.99 still. They're more toy for less money than what Hasbro is doing. And if we start seeing bigger tie-ins, I think DC DC knows that with Mark Farland, they have a better a better thing than they had with Mattel or whoever was doing the toys prior. Um, it's kind of a weird, a weird thing. Well, it, it, he's such a good toy guy as well. It makes me who they bring into their orbit. Um, yeah, it will be interesting. It's another side of it. And we know that all parts of this are now being considered for the movie. So I don't think there'll be a toy line that introduces a character, but maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe we find out somebody's character in a toy first and then it comes on screen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but like, the first figures for the Flash movie, yeah, they just showed off the Flash, and it's pretty aimed good. at the adult collector, not at the kids. Because yep. even these McFarland toys, the the toys themselves are twelve and up. Sure. So it's made for the bigger kids because they have accessories and fun stuff like that. So it's by putting back to the point by putting DC in its own studio, Gun now has more control than what any other prior person had with with dc um it's not going to be a committee thing like superman lives from tim burton died because there were people saying superman shouldn't be wearing this he shouldn't have long hair he shouldn't have armor like this we have to somehow put a giant spider in this like they there was a committee that basically made that movie die because they were trying to make it what it wasn't and that's not going to exist anymore and Zack snyder could have thrived in the environment that james gunn is now bringing to the table and maybe in the future, when Zach is free from his Netflix projects, because he has a lot still in the pipeline, maybe at that point he'll call up James and they'll do some collaboration together. Because we already know from Dwayne Johnson that the Black Adam stuff, he said that it's it's in the future, but it's not happening now is how we kind of put it. And he said it's for a later chapter. So they're probably going to be revisiting the multiverse in a later chapter. Yeah, and also... Black Adam 2 has to have Shazam in it. And maybe that's and what you Henry. do, right? And maybe that's the way that you do it. And you get this crazy triangle of three big stars duking it out that way. Because you can't have one without the other. Yeah. So it's it's a very, a very weird time right now that fans are trying to destroy the guy that is literally trying to save dc from the people that drove it to the ground right no one no other studio is trying to direct people to buy comic books you know what i mean like there's all these things that he's doing that are really that is helping fandom and i hope people can like, see that even in, also even in the flash trailer at the right? end of the trailer it said see the stories that inspired this movie and they showed three graphic novels that tied that inspired the writer team Right, and like, I'll tell you this: you get more flies do with, that? right. You get more honey. You get more flies with honey than vinegar. If you want the air cut to see the light of day, it will be through this path. 
it will be talking about it in respectively saying, hey, you're doing a bunch of great stuff. Is there any chance we could see? You keep talking about how you want to give filmmakers their vision. Is there any way we could see Ayer's vision for what that movie was supposed to be? Because Ayer has it completed. It just needs some. It has less work to complete it than what Zack had for the Zack Snyder Justice League. It was scored. It was cut. There's just some CGI that needs to be finished. Less. That's far less than what Zack's entire sequences are still in previous form. So it's such a weird, weird dynamic that's happening right now with the DC fandom. Well, let's see. Maybe we put a bookmark in that there and we see where this goes because there's a lot of really great stuff coming out. Also, the Flash movie is coming out, which at this point I'm very excited to go see. I'm excited to have it be part of my summer movie viewing. Yeah. This this June, July month, it's gonna be it's gonna destroy my wallet. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. A family. I hear you. I hear you. We, we all liked it. We all like to watch movies. So, I know. Look like, at you, dad's into toys. You got your son. You got your son into anime figurine statues. He's one upping you. Of course, they like a cinematic experience. All of yeah. this rubs off. Like we, like we have so much coming out this this next June, July. Like, when's Mario coming out? Is it Mario somewhere in there? Aren't they going to get twenty five like bucks April, from me for Mario? Okay, but I think like with within June, like just the month of June. We have The Flash, Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, and Indiana Jones. Somehow in that four-week span. Which is which is so bonkers. That's so bonkers. Because, and also, Taylor and I off-air, we're talking about, we're looking at uh, Beast War figures and how excited we are for Beast War characters. But I don't want to support Transformers. But maybe I have to. Maybe it'll be okay. They always trick well, us. My, like they. I said, Michael Bay is not in this. So. He's not in this. No, Michael Bay's out of this. Um, but again, uh, I mean, because Bumblebee was a reboot. I mean, everybody, like they. I can't believe it off, was a reboot. It was so good. It started off as a prequel, and then they took out a bunch of stuff to, and kind of retconned other things. It's a reboot. It's a, It was a subtle reboot because Hasbro is now finally in control of the IP, and they didn't really like what Paramount did with, with Michael Bay. So they were trying to like retcon and. That's how we got the whole G1 stuff, and it was beautiful, and I want to see more of it. I want a whole movie of the G1 sequence. Give me a whole yeah. movie of that. Just straight up animated. Give me that movie. Um, but no, uh, this this summer is going to be a drain on my wallet for all the things that are coming out. Indiana Jones, I am so ready for it. Indiana Jones trailer played. Looks good. It looks exactly like an Indiana Jones movie. I hope, I, as I was watching, I said, "Great, that looks like Indiana Jones." Now I got to see what the action sequences look like because last time they were, it looked good, but then they were monkeys and trees and ants. And the aliens. ant sequence wasn't an issue for me as much as the monkey sequence was, um, and that that fridge sequence. I just, I still can't get over that. I just remember a bunch of nonsense in the third act. I have not watched that movie in a long time. I don't know. My my son hasn't seen any Indiana Jones movies. And I'm trying to get him to watch them with me. And then, it's too scary, Dad. It's a roller coaster. It's such a roller coaster. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get to it. We'll get to it before June. Okay, okay. But on that note, let's uh, let's wrap it there because we have we have a big week for everybody. I mean, as you all know, 
TCN Rundown takes place on Mondays. On Tuesdays, you're here with us. On Wednesdays, through the monocle. And this week, the Grants, because I, I refer to them as the Grants, because we have two Grants running that show. The Grants are actually going to be doing a live episode of Starship Troopers. So tomorrow, join them live as they discuss Starship Troopers and how weirdly great that movie was for 1997 and how the VFX kind of still stand out, which is fantastic. Um, if all things still go according to plan, this Thursday we're going to debut The Cultured Gamer with one of our uh, gaming editors. And then on Friday we're going to wrap up this week with The Cultured Polis, and that episode is going to cover up the second half of the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow story because the first half, um, issues one through four, was uh, a lot of you tuned in for that. And now they're going to talk about the conclusion and give you all a summary of what happened there. So the book is still sold out everywhere. If you can't find the book, just watch these two episodes and you'll get the gist of what James Gunn is adapting. So um, thank you again, everyone. For those of you who do want to support us, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash theculturednerd. Help us out. If you want to support any of those shows, every show has its own tier. So support the guys for doing those shows. Find their tier, support them there. Uh, again, I've been your host, Taylor Murphy. My co-host, Michael Santel. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. Our logo was designed by Jose Navarro. The intro was done by me and Jay Stu of TCN Rundown. So if you liked it, let me know if you thought it was too overblown and, aust and ostentatious or or just... Don't, don't tell him that. They look so good. No, it looks great. No notes. Keep it going, Tay. If it was too flamboyant or too ridiculous or too... <laughs> condescending just tell me i like I'll, I'll tweak it it's fine like i'm not i'm not gonna cry about it uh thank you all for joining us scan that qr code check us out on the socials and we will see you all next week bye everyone